0: Father, bless these words to our hearts in Jesus' name. Turning your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 2. We are His workmanship. That means we are the work of His hand, literally. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before prepared that we should walk in them. Sometimes we can think to ourselves that we are created for the purpose of good works. That's not what this is saying. We were created in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. He is working on us now. And we are created in Christ Jesus. The word in and the word unto in this passage really tell the story. Be careful not to underestimate the value of the small words. Sometimes when We prepare messages. We, of course, have to look into the original meanings and the isagogics and so on. But we have to be careful not to underestimate the value of small words. Things like prepositions in and unto and on. Because they do make an impact. They do change things in many cases. Without understanding the small words, often we can't understand what's really being said. In is one of these small words. Unto here is also one of these small words. Small as in short. Small as in often not really regarded. But still very important. In is the word N And it's a preposition denoting placing and remaining in something. As well as instrumentality. So there's two things this word N is giving us. The word in. It means that we are placed in and remain in Christ. And Christ is the instrument by which things are happening. This changes our understanding significantly. We're created in Christ Jesus. The person who is operating in their natural mind, in their natural disposition, in natural thinking, this person is blocking their own development. This person is not experiencing what God is trying to do for them. Because we are created being placed and remain in Christ by the instrumentality of Christ. He is the means by which this takes place. Unto, good works, unto is the word epi, and it's a preposition denoting superimposition of place having two leading ideas. One is resting upon or in and the other is moving upon or toward. Again, this is a loaded little word. So what it's saying is number one, we are his workmanship as we are being created by Christ in Christ and it's the works that Christ is doing that are creating us. It's not that we are being asked somehow to perform something. It's not that we were created to do X, Y, and Z. It's that Christ took us in himself at the cross, in Ephesians two fifteen and 16, where we became one person with him, the one new man. And as one who is in Christ, the finished work of Christ, all that Christ does, all that he is, is developing me into something. It's creating me. But I have to understand that all that Christ does and is, is not simply the death of the cross. That was the foundation for things in Revelation 13.8. It is actually everything that takes place in 2 Corinthians 4.15 that God is using to develop us, to create us. This is what God is doing now. Now, in Hebrews 8:28 and 29, all things are being used to conform us to his image. And we are indeed the work of his hands, in Christ, through Christ, him utilizing all things that take place as we are in him. But yet at the same time, in Hebrews 4, 3, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So this is a little bit of a seeming contradiction. It can be a challenging idea to people. And this is one of those verses that sometimes people look at and they scratch their head. It's a finished work. We don't perform. We don't strive. But yet at the same time, we're created to good works. But it's not about good works. That question is an indicator that the passage is not understood. It's not about good works that I do. The good works are the works that God does to create me as I am his workmanship. It's not about my good works. But yet at the same time, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So how does that work? Because, indeed, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The Bible's not kidding. And yet, I am his workmanship. So, how can I be finished from the foundation of the world and, at the same time, still be his workmanship? The problem with understanding that, if there is a problem, and sometimes there is, is a question of time. If I don't understand the nature of time, this is one of those passages that's going to give me some difficulty. But remember something. The Word of God speaks from two perspectives. It speaks from the perspective of God in eternity, and it also gives us the perspective of man in time. And so we are dealing with two different things. My experience And God's perspective are not always the same, albeit they can coexist. They're not even contradictory to each other. But my experience and what God has done, what God is doing, will seem to contradict without contradicting because one is from a perspective of eternity and the other is from the perspective of time. Yet, if we understand time, then we will understand the relationship of time to eternity. Now, Einstein gave us the understanding of time. It's reflected over and over in the Bible. If I don't know what Einstein said about it, because he was really the first one to give us the clarity, then I won't really understand what the Bible says about time either, because it's not something that I have a frame of reference or until I learn something. When 2 Peter 3.8 says, A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day, this is significant. And we'll get to that in just a second. But what does that even mean? A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Well, that's physics. That's what it means. That's Physics. Yes, it's the way that God sees things versus the way we see things and all that, but it's really physics because in truth, a day really can be and is a thousand years and a thousand years really can be and is a day. Now, in Numbers 23, 19, the word of God said, He has said, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is doing something. He's not just resting. Yes, God rests, but he's not just resting. Yes, the works are finished, but God is not inactive. Now, here he is saying, he has said, it's a PL perfect. PL is an intensive or intentional action. Perfect voice means something that is completed in time once and for all. What he's saying here is that there was an intentional action that has been completed once and for all. As he said, that was intentional. He said it intentionally. He's not going to say more about it. He's not going to change his mind. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's not going to change this. It's done once and for all. And shall he not do it? Shall he not do it is a hip imperfect. hip is a causative action. He causes something. Imperfect means an incomplete action. It's not done yet. So what we see here is despite the fact that in Hebrews 4.3 the works are finished from the foundation of the world here in numbers 2918 god specifically with purpose says something that he will cause to happen but it hasn't happened yet so how are the works finished you see this in isaiah 46:11 i have spoken it i will also bring it to pass i have purposed it i will also do it something is proclaimed it's not done yet in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He said something, he will do it. Now, in Genesis 2.1, the heavens and the earth were finished and all their host. And on the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Are you thoroughly confused yet? You should be. How is it that he completed it and he's still doing it? How is it that he finished it and it's not done yet? If you can answer that, then you will understand what it means that we are his workmanship. In 2 Peter 3.8, The seventh day is not in our experience yet. We think the seventh day was the seventh day. Indeed it was. But a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. On the seventh day they were completed. Yes, they were. But not in our experience. This is what I meant about God giving us two perspectives simultaneously. God completed every bit of the work and it is done. But the seventh day isn't here yet. Earth history that the Bible tells us about will last approximately 7,000 years. We've been here roughly 6,000 years. We can demonstrate that from the Bible. And there's another 1,000 years to go. And that'll be the millennial reign. That's 7,000 years. A day is as a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is as a day. Why is it that the seventh day isn't here yet? when God has completed it. Yes, God has the whole thing. He sees the beginning from the end. We are experiencing something different. But that doesn't mean that what is in eternity doesn't completely affect us. It does. What it also means is that we are still in the process of creation. Now, like I said before, if you don't understand how time works, this will be a problem for you. Einstein showed us that there is no difference between past, present and future. All of it exists simultaneously. In this moment, the first day exists. In this moment, the last day exists. Every day between the first one and the last one exists right now in this moment. We are passing through time, but we don't eliminate time as we pass through it. The past does not vanish as we pass through time we think to ourselves, the past is gone. This is not a biblical statement. But it is a statement that is true for our experience and the way that we relate in our experience to time. But it's not actually true in terms of what and how time is and how it works. If I Drive down a road, a highway. You've seen those pictures, I'm sure, maybe you've been there, of some long, long, long highways through the southwest of the United States and there's nothing there for miles and miles and miles and miles. Just the simple road. Well, that road doesn't disappear just because you just drove over a part of it. Nor does time disappear just because you've passed through a portion of it. Now, here's the thing about time. Time is stretched out in Zechariah 12.1. It's literally spread. In Isaiah 34.4, time works like a scroll. And so, God stretches out the heavens in Isaiah 40:22 like a curtain. Now, Einstein showed us that there is no difference between space and time. They are, in fact, the same thing, two components of one thing. Where there is space, there is time. Where there is time, there is space. If there is no time, there can be no space. If there is no space, there can be no time. And so time and space are one thing. That's why scientists call it space-time. He stretched that out. So this is the picture. You put a scroll down, and then you take the two sides of the scroll, and you stretch them out. You unravel them. And you can stretch them in two directions. Time can move in two directions. Don't think of time as a progression of one moment after another moment after another moment after another moment. That's not what time is. Time is a fabric. And just the same way that you would go to a fabric store and ask them for some fabric, they would take the whole bunch and they would unravel it on the table and they would cut you a piece the size that you want. That's how God stretched out the heavens. That's how God stretched out time. Now, God, in Revelation 13, 8, laid the physical foundation upon which time was stretched out. That physical foundation was the slain lamb. And then on that, God places time and unravels. It stretches out like a scroll. This is why at the edges of the universe, scientists can see it expanding. Why? Because time and space are still expanding. God is stretching them out still. He's not done stretching them out. So, of course, they can see it expanding. It is. Now, some would say that's evidence of the Big Bang. No, it isn't. And the reason why it isn't is because time, space, color, everything works differently. It's not all as consistent as people want to think it is because it's Approached from an incorrect perspective, it gives us an incorrect interpretation. It's not even taking account the things that are, that can be seen, in order to make that interpretation, but we're not really getting into that. They're saying red galaxies indicate an expanding universe, but there's billions of blue galaxies out there. And so, no, that's not a correct interpretation, but nevertheless, yes, it's expanded because God stretched out the heavens like a scroll. Within that scroll, the Word of God tells us, God populated it with all the events, all the structures, everything that exists within time is a portion of that scroll. When God unraveled time as a scroll on the foundation of the finished work, on the foundation of the slain lamp, He took time, placed it down on its foundation and unraveled it. Remember, time is a fabric. It's not just the passage of moments. That's our experience. That's not what it actually is. Now, here's the significance. The works were finished. It's all in place. However, it's being stretched out. everything that ever was, everything that ever will be, is already in place, but it's being formed now. It's being stretched now. It's being populated now. It's happening now. We are His workmanship, despite the fact that the works are finished, because, albeit from an eternal perspective, indeed the works are finished. From an experiential perspective, we are still in the process of creation. We're not at the seventh day yet. That's not going to be for another thousand years. Is this hard to understand? I hope not, but I'm not surprised if it is. This isn't the way we normally look at things. It's fine. I have no problem with people who don't use physics. But if you don't use a little bit of physics, the stuff that the Bible brings out—not theoretical physics, but the stuff that the Bible actually specifically spells out, like Second Peter 3:8—then there's a lot of things we're just not going to understand. How can I be His workmanship, and the works be finished? Because the seventh day isn't here yet. It is as far as God is concerned. But not as far as my experience is. Now, we are becoming who we are. And that may seem like a strange statement. But we are becoming who we are. From God's perspective, yes, the works are finished. And that is the ultimate truth. But we are growing into that ultimate truth so that truth becomes my experience. What is God doing now? Creating. He's created and he's creating. All of creation is completed, but all of time is completed. That means even the future is created, but not in my experience. In my experience, I'm passing through time like an ant walking on a table. In God's experience, the whole table is completed, set everything on it, is already in place, but I haven't experienced it. God stretched it out, it's all in place, but he's still stretching it out. That means we are actually taking part in the creation of our segment of time. Yes, the future is complete, but not in our experience. In our experience, we are still his workmanship. Yes, the Lamb was slain and that was the foundation, the structural foundation in the original language of the universe. This is what the scroll was stretched out upon. This is why the blood of Christ is efficacious because all of time is resting on the blood of Christ. This is why the cross of Christ is efficacious. All of time is resting on the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ indeed is the central point and the foundation at the same time of all of time and all of the universe. This is reflected even in nature. So much of what God has done is reflected in nature. In the word of God, you see it reflected in the stars and trees and everything. If you look through the constellation Southern Cross and you have a strong enough telescope, you will be looking through the galactic disk that is the Milky Way. But if you look through that portion of the galactic disk that you can see through the Southern Cross, you will see through the disk, you will see a massive supercluster of galaxies. Scientists believe there are tens of thousands, maybe far more than that, galaxies in this massive supercluster. It's called the Great Attractor, and it appears that everything in the universe is moving toward it. The great attractor can only be seen through the cross. Do you think that was an accident? You are his workmanship. The finished work is finished, but he is still creating you. Not because he's not done, but because you are not done. He is creating you. He has put everything in place and now he's creating you. Don't think of time as a passage of moments in its origin. One moment has passed by, a new moment is just originated and is now here. That's not how it works. Time really is like a wave washing up on a seashore where all of the moments are coming into existence simultaneously. The first one and the last one and all that are in between. You are now being formed. That's what Christ is doing now. Yes, the works are finished. You are now being formed because the works are finished. You are created by the things that God is doing. You are in Christ and he is the one who is forming you. What is he that that is doing with you? He's conforming you to the image of his son. He is making you to be who he is. He uses all things to do this in verse 28 of Romans 8. All things that take place are from him in 2 Corinthians 5.18. They are from him and they are with an intended purpose for you in 2 Corinthians 4.15. I don't care what the detail is It is a part of the creation process of God as he is creating you to be him. We'll never be God, but we are one with God. We'll never be Christ, but we are the body of Christ. Just the same way that my soul and my body, albeit they are inseparable in life, when the soul leaves, the body dies, they are in fact separable. They are two separate things that work very closely together. We cannot be separated from him because we've already gone through the death process with him on the cross. We were crucified, died, buried, risen with him. So now that separation cannot take place. We are now permanently one person with Christ, permanently indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what he's forming us into. The things that are happening to you, whether you consider them to be good or bad, are no accident. It wasn't coincidence. It was creation. And it's all taking place not around you so much as toward you. Because God is using all the pieces to form Christ out of you. What is he doing right now? He's creating. What is he creating? You. That was the whole purpose to begin with. Everything else in the universe exists for that one purpose, so God could create you. Not that God created mankind, no. So God could create specifically you. Why is that happening? So God could create specifically you. Why is that allowed? So God could create specifically you. God uses the pieces. He uses the tools. And he's working. But it says he rested on the seventh day. And indeed he has. But the seventh day isn't here yet in our experience. A day is as a thousand years. The history of the earth is 7,000 years. We have one more thousand left to go. You could say we're in the sixth day now where man was created. What is he doing? He's making you out of his hands. He's conforming you to his image. Everything about your life, therefore, is purposeful. Every detail is meaningful. Not that I assign an incorrect meaning where it stresses me out. But I recognize that because it has meaning, it has source. And that source has purpose. And the purpose is to make us into him. Now the word of God does say in Genesis chapter 1 that we're created in the image of God. And the Word of God does say that we are being conformed to the image of Christ. So He created the pieces and He's putting them together. The Word of God does say in Genesis 2 and verse 7 in the original language that everything is including the blood of the Lamb in its substance. So the blood of the Lamb The most precious thing that was ever given was a part of your structure. Hence the reason why sin does not disqualify you from being conformed to the image of His Son. Hence the reason why weakness does not disqualify you. Why Ignorance, where there is ignorance, does not disqualify you. Hence the reason why you can be accepted in the beloved just as you are. Because God has taken the pieces and he's making you with them. Except that the pieces include the blood of Christ, which is something we don't always recognize but the pieces include the blood of Christ. Therefore, we will always be accepted in the Beloved. And because He's accepted you from the foundation of the world, even from before the world began, He had a plan for you. He already knew that He was going to make you. All of creation was made with you in mind. Your details. The mom who has a hard time with her kids. The husband whose wife has left him. The people who are going through financial hardship. Parents who have rebellious kids into drugs. People who have been abandoned by a parent. Relationships that are broken. Health that is suffering. Whatever it is, it's one of the pieces. And the outcome of those pieces is that you are being built to be just like Him. He was the only one who could choose his fate. He chose suffering. He saw value in it. We experience suffering. There's value in it. Suffering in Romans 5, 3-5 produces the love of God in our hearts. It produces the essence of who he is in 1 John 4, 8. It produces the fruit of who he is in Galatians 5:22. Whatever it is, whatever your detail, whatever your experience, it doesn't matter whether you think it's good or bad from this standpoint. It's a part that God is using to build you. Don't ever look at your situation as something other than what it really is. Oh, but it's so difficult. You know when things are the hardest? When the weak one tries to do them. What is heavier than a weak person trying to lift something? If something is hard, maybe there's too much of you. Because we do all things through him who strengthens us. We can and we do. If I don't look at the object and I look at the outcome because I can see it through faith, then it's no longer so hard. I'm not saying that I'll be giddy and enjoy every moment of it and that difficult things will suddenly become a pleasure. It has nothing to do with the emotions at all. I'm saying I'll have the capacity and I'll have the peace in my heart and I'll have the contentment that I need to accept what he's doing. The end of the thing is always better than its beginning. God has taken the pieces and he's putting them together. And that is you. What's he doing right now? He's making you. To be just like him. He lives inside of you. He's accepted you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And as long as you are on earth, He's going to continue building you. You are his workmanship because you are his personal possession. Your details are just the pieces. And the outcome is going to be his image. Amen? If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you don't know where you're going to go when you die. Simply pray, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for me, so I can have eternal life with you. Amen.